You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Zambrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can also email us as well, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Be sure to download the app and join us, Ulysses and I, this weekend, Sunday, actually, to get in on the action and follow along with the Blue Jays Rays game. Uh, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, Ulysses, you got a little bit of a belated birthday gift from the Tampa Bay Rays as uh, news comes that they have optioned Chris Mazza to the alternate site. And a corresponding move might be coming in minutes, hours. We don't know who it is. It's a little bit of a cryptic mess there as to who is going to be the big call-up. We have a lot of people that have theories on who this may be. Lewis Head, Oliver Drake, Ryan Sheriff, Wander Franco, Kevin Padlow, Shane McClanahan, Luis Patino, Brendan McKay, Pete Fairbanks. I think some of those guys uh, aren't available to be eligible off the IL, but uh, Rays fans definitely, they, they have their opinions on who they think is going to get the big call up. So Ulysses, I ask you, who is going to be replacing Mr. Uh, 11 and a half ERA here for the Rays? You know, some nicknames can stick. Uh, let's hope that Chris Moss's does not. Um, Man, this is interesting. You know, it's a uh, peek behind the curtain. It's mid morning. It's, it's around 1045 in the morning right now. Uh-huh. And yeah, no news yet. So we are right here in the dark as, as everybody is probably not when this comes out. So that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it would be nice to get some bullpen help. So, yeah. uh, you know, right now the bullpen is like, league worst in a few categories uh, and if it's not league worst it's like 25th or below so yeah no bueno so let, let's get some help if that's sheriff then then let it be sheriff if that's shane mcclanahan hey sign me up uh, i i think the problem with that is uh, there's a lot of righties for uh the jay so if somebody's gonna come up maybe it should be a righty arm right i i could see somebody like off the grid like a yaxel rios or something like that, but okay. who knows? Look, Lewis it just head. gets me. Yeah. There we go. Something along those lines. I think it'll be very anticlimactic, uh, but who knows with that? It's just, I go back to it, and I know that trade, I, I really hope that doesn't end up biting the rays in the butt of trading for Chris Mazza and Jeffrey Springs and giving up Ronaldo Hernandez. <sighs> We've seen the rays give up very good catchers that are productive yep. elsewhere beforehand, and it's just like, again, why maybe because of their pitch styles and what they bring to the table was a nice mix and match for what the Rays currently offer. And maybe it was something where maybe they need more time for, you know, I I think they were acquired in mid February. Maybe they need more time to get on the same page with the Rays and and really take to uh, their input and suggestions as far as changing pitches and, and uh and sequencing and, and things of that nature but it's yeah, like but you couldn't Kevin, find you couldn't find two dfa guys 
elsewhere? You you couldn't find somebody on the scrap without, heap without giving a Ronaldo Hernandez up? That's my question. There, there are plenty of relievers out there that the Rays have time and time again improved their careers. Why do you need to poach uh, from an interdivisional rival, first of all? And right. second of all, in the, in the position where you always need somebody, always always at the major league level the catching position has always been a sore spot so yes to this day it really doesn't make sense i know people are going to say oh well the rays are really good at being able to get bargain pitchers well then get bargain pitchers then get bargain pitchers without losing your your ronaldo and look maybe the the shine had kind of dusted off uh you know ronaldo a little bit and and maybe he wasn't making the adjustments that needed to happen but I mean, I, I would give a 22-year-old a, a little bit more time to, to get their feet in, uh, under them, especially after pandemic year. So and that's how I feel about that. But I know. And it's also one of those things like, I mean, what can, and I understand you need depth and you need a lot of arms this year, but what, why can't Brian Moran, what, what, what does Jeffrey Springs do that Brian Moran can't do? Something along those lines. You couldn't get another Hunter Strickland yeah. Can Stetson Alley do the job that Chris Massa can do without giving up Ronaldo? And I know they're the, the, the race have depth in catcher, of course, starting with, with Blake Hunt and Fort Proctor. Uh, you know, there are some names there, um, you know, but, but still, you know, I selfishly want yeah. to keep Ronaldo. I know it's, it's funny too, because from what I understand, if like a Christian Vasquez or somebody was to go down, Ronaldo might be that next call up. That's what I've heard. Not crazy. Anyway, so let's just hope that Mejia works out, which he certainly looks to yes. be it right now. Maybe the Gruyon kid for Proctor, Blake Hunt. So there, there are options, but um, it you just hope it's not a situation where, look, I, I want Ronaldo to be successful, of course, but not turn into Christian Vasquez 2.0 and be part of the Red Sox for the next decade or whatever it may be and, and mash yeah. on the race. I, I don't need the Red Sox of a fandom to to keep kicking dirt on like how we stole uh, Ronaldo from you if he's that successful. Let him be successful in the NL West, okay? That, that yes. like with Cronenworth and Longoria, put them all in the NL there West. I don't want I, I want them to be very successful, but very uh, far away from from the AL East uh, because yeah, I, I don't I don't want to see that red you know B on top of Ronaldo's uh, uh, helmet when he goes deep at the trop. That's uh, that's sad. sad Look, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, uh, the green monster is like tailor made for him with his, the way he pulls <laughs> yeah. the ball and, and his power and so forth. So, um, that is true. Uh, wait, hold up. Uh, I want to, I want to get your opinion though. Who do you think is, is going to, uh, get, get the call up? I, I'm going with Sheriff and Shane. And I know that a lot of righties that might not be the, the best thing, but I'm going with, with those two guys. Who, who okay. do you think it, it, it will be the, the pitcher called a, actually right. Rios or is that just, I, I'll cheek? go with, I'll go with Yaxel Rios or Lewis head. One of those two guys. Okay. okay one of those good. two guys. I like it. It'll be, it'll be not as uh, entertaining as, as one of the guys you mentioned with that. Okay. We have much more on the program today. We have baseball trivia, name that war, and we'll preview the upcoming series versus the Toronto Blue Jays after this. 
Okay, Ulysses, it is baseball trivia time and name that war as well. Man, I'm getting all these alerts, all these fantasy baseball alerts. I I, I really need to learn to silence my phone here. This is really absurd. Like <laughs> I, these guys are making moves left and right. It is a very annoying phone, I think, is off right now. And good. It is time for baseball trivia. Your turn to grill me, Ulysses. I'll let you go ahead and begin. Well, hopefully you're not getting the, the, the answers to my trigger question on those, uh, you know, t- uh, texts, but here we go. I hacked uh, into your computer, hacked into <laughs> your system. <laughs> into my notes. Uh, here you go. Let's talk about messiness uh, on the field. Okay. We're talking about errors committed, maybe because the infield of the Blue Jays is sloppy. I don't know. Look, uh, in front of me, I have a list of nine guys who will most likely cross 100 career errors this season. These guys can be gold glovers that have played for a decade and errors accumulate, or they can be poor defenders that have around six years in the league. So you have to choose wisely here. For reference, to help you, I will give you four guys who would cross 150 career errors this season. Those guys are Evan Longoria with 148, Albert Pujols with 146, Asdrubal Cabrera with 136, and Brandon Crawford tied with 136. So you can see the type of players that have committed almost 150. So in front of me, can you name four of the nine guys on this list who will have 100 career errors by the end of the season. One last thing to help you. Number one on this list has 99 errors. Number nine on this list has 85. Okay, a lot to unpack there. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's a lot of middle infielders. So I've got to think about that. Uh, Oh man, yeah, this is tough, errors because they're scored so incorrectly sometimes, as we learned with <laughs> Willie Adamas. Like, what Merrifield probably had, like, six errors over that series, but, like, three were probably counted. If yeah. that, You know what? I'll go ahead and go with Whit Merrifield. I mean, he seemed on pace after that weekend. Incorrect. Strike one. Okay. Um, I will go with... Man, I'm trying to think longevity. Uh, Andrelton Simmons... Very good. Okay. a boy. Yes, he is number seven on the list with 89. Number seven, 89. Okay. I'm trying to think about lengthy, lengthy players. Uh, okay, what about uh, Carlos Correa? Incorrect. Strike two. I'm going to okay. try to help you out here. From these guys on this list, one... Two. Two of these guys are in the AL East. Okay. Two in the AL East. Um, One of them, the Rays have seen him make an error this season playing against them. Glaber Torres. And let me get one more guess. One more guess. I'll go with... uh, I'm not even going to think AL East. Um, I will say... I will say uh, Trevor Story. Oh, correct. Javi Baez. 
I've, yes, okay. that's the one. There we go. Let me go. keep guessing. One Number, more, one more. Let me let me see. Okay. Uh, Marcus Simeon. Ooh, no, incorrect. Okay. I did Man, not do well. This on was this. tough. This yeah. was tough. I already knew it was going to be tough. Number one on the list was Joey Vada with 99. Rubnet Odor, number two, 97. Tim Anderson, 94. Nolan Arenado, 93. Xander Bogarts, 91. Our old friend, Mr. I will give you G-Man Choi in a trade, Brad Miller at <laughs> 90. <laughs> Simmons, uh, seven. Justin Upton at 88. And like you said, Javi Baez at 85. See, I, I had Xander Bogarts in my head. I just didn't know if he'd been around enough to commit enough errors. Man, you got me on that one. You really, it was a really tough got one. me. It was a really tough one. You could, you could Good have question. gone any, I mean, you know, when you have Nolan Arenado and Brad Miller in the same list, it's, yes. it's it, it, you've gone through the whole spectrum here. You're going from point A to point Z with that. So, <laughs> yes. no, hey, very educational and enlightening i'd like to know where what merrifield's on the list i he'd probably like 11th or 12th or something like that after yes. especially after this season too uh okay um kind of tied into that with a little bit of a hint for you here on name that war uh this guy uh was very much hurt in the career war category by his defensive prowess or lack thereof but still very very productive as a hitter and uh, we will be seeing his son playing over the course of this three-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays. His name is Dante Bichette. What is his career war? Ooh. You know, <laughs> it's it's so funny because you could have said, you know, a, a couple more Hall of Famers there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Bet um, Vigio, Vladimir Guerrero. Although Dante Bichette is not a Hall of Famer. Is not. Yes. Okay. So let's 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 do some some of our favorite things here when you love baseball, and that is math. Let's say he was for seven years a three war player. That's twenty one. And then for the next two. No. And then for the next seven, he was a two war player. So twenty one plus fourteen. Is 35. Let's give him a knock because of the defense. He is a 28 war player. That's what you would think. And I'm going to give you one more guess. And again, this is a very surprising one based on his offensive prowess. But I will note um, again, I am going off the career war of baseball reference. But just for reference, uh, if you look at his fan graphs page, his defensive value or lack thereof over his career was negative 165.5. Oh, so some very big negative marks. I'm not saying I agree with what this career war is. I would have probably guessed in the range that you guessed, but having said that, I will give you another, another selection here. We might have to go the Ryan Howard uh, way and uh, so if he's not 28 I'm gonna go with 14 even lower man even lower no. 5.6 is his career war what for a guy that over his career batted 299 with 274 home runs maybe he got nicked because of force field and so forth uh, not to mention a member of the 30-30 club I thought you know what quite frankly that 1995 year where he hit 40 bombs and 340. Like, I, I would have thought that would have been like a six war season. Yeah. But I guess 
look, I know he, the defense, I, he had some left knee issue that he never really recovered from that. And I guess playing in the national league, basically his whole career, like he just, I mean, was such a negative defensively, but that's like, Hey, wow. universal DH, if universal DH was in place, <laughs> Dante Bichette's career war probably would have been like 20 or something like that at least, but that's I mean, insane. This, yes. That's very, insane. very that's- surprising. That's a career war. A career. Uh, 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 that's that's a single season war by a a good player, by a really good player. One year, very good player. Which, yeah. Wow, five war. Yeah, for his entire career. And Fifteen if, uh, years. The metrics. What is it? Twelve. Four, Fourteen years. Fourteen yeah. years. And basically, you could guarantee, like, he was going to give you thirty home runs, and he was going to drive in a hundred for you, and he was going to bat three hundred. Like that's that's insane. What you were going to get. Wow. Uh, although, you know, Hey, he still made his money, still made $43 million and a great story at that too, because this was a guy who was cut from his high school baseball team. He had to walk on at a junior college, a community college in South, uh, South Florida. And then beyond that, uh, I was reading up on him. A little story background here is that, uh, like some scouts were, were coming to see players throughout Florida and mm-hmm. there was a list and the scout basically told him, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm here to see 50 players and you're 50th on my list. And, you know, Oof. he winds up just overcoming. Yeah, defensive, uh, you know, inabilities aside, like 17th round draft pick and to turn into what he became, That's pretty incredible. darn awesome on, yeah. on his standpoint. Also, a big mentor of him was uh, Tom Kochman, the father Hi. of Casey Kochman, really uh, instructed him on how to have a better two-strike approach and, and not swing at everything because he was a very uh, swing happy hitter. Uh, and I think he's now kind of a, a roving instructor for, for the Blue Jays. And also, uh, I guess, a good procreator of baseball talent in Bo Bichette, <laughs> his son, which uh, we'll get to as well. But yeah, that, that was a, th- this, this might be the most surprising name that war that we've ever done, right? Yeah, it it was a good combination sandwich here with uh, the uh, name that war and and trivia here. Uh, we we learned a lot today, Kevin, and I hope that our listeners did too. Yes. Uh, okay, we will preview the upcoming Rays Blue Jays series, but first we've got to tell you about the greatest protein bar on the planet, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar, of course, is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, I said amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars and so many different flavors as well that you will never get bored with trying out all the flavors that they have. And definitely, definitely try some out for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com or check them out on Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And remember, use that promo, ca- uh, promo code to get a couple discounts there. Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D, the numerals 1-5, Locked15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is Locked15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, Ulysses, the Rays began a string of 17 games in 17 days, as well as a very lengthy homestand to start, uh, beginning with this three-game series against the Blue Jays, who are 8-10. and 10. And I've got to tell you, like this is a good, I think, a good opportunity to face the Blue Jays because we talk about the Rays and how many injuries that they have. Uh, the Blue Jays, some of their big weapons and big guns are 
on the IL, uh, Thomas Hatch, Julian Merriweather, Nate Pearson, Jordan Romano, Ross Stripling, Teoscar Hernandez, and George Springer. And there's other ones as well. We know about Kirby Yates, TJ Zyke, Tyler Chatwood. So that's like a dozen guys who are down for the count. And uh, again, this is, I think, an opportunity to, at, at the least, you would hope, take two of three. But we also have to remember, like, despite all the injuries that the Blue Jays have thus far, and being eight and 10 right now, uh, their pitching, their pitching is the best in the American league as far as ERA goes. And it starts with Steven Mance, believe it or not. Uh, yep. Robbie Ray doing very well. Yunjin Ryu. So you just wonder when these other arms come back from the injured list, how much more dangerous they'll be. And, and that's a great problem to have if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan right now, if you, the, the pitching is working, because you know that that lineup is going to wake up, which it really hasn't. I mean, besides Vladdy and, and Bichette, uh, who, are, who are just tearing the cover off the ball, not a lot happening with, with Semyon, he, he, uh, Guriel, Biggio. They've been struggling uh, yeah. at the box. So if you have to circle a couple names to not get beat right now, it would definitely be Vladdy and Bichette. Uh, but yeah, the, the pitching has been great uh, for, the, for the Blue Jays, which you can't really say that much uh, the same thing for, for, for the Rays' arms. But today, Friday, the Rays have their best guy. On, on the mound, yes. Tyler Glass now going, which should give you some 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 good momentum for the rest of the series. I mean, he has been literally untouchable. 2-0 record, 0.73 ERA. Just look at his baseball savant uh, uh, yeah. uh, profile, and it's all red. It's all beautiful, like a, a 85 percentile or above on everything. It's it's really great. So if I had to pick nitpick on something – Let's get Glass now some runs. I mean, the guy can't honestly be perfect every time out there. So three to four runs for Glass now. You just were doing an offensive explosion in 40-degree weather. 72-degree weather, let's get him three or four runs. I'm not asking for much. You know, leave the eight runs for Rich Hill. He needs them. Glass now, get him three or four, and he should be fine. And, I mean, you would think that Steven Matz has to come back to earth. At some point, like he is pitching out of his gourd right now. I, I know he's had some good years in his past, but I don't think he's this good, even though I know he's changed some things with using his slider and change up more. But again, yes, run support for Tyler Glass. Now that is very, very important. It is funny though. Yeah. You mentioned the, the Blue Jays offense. Yeah. Bichette, Richuk and Vlad Guerrero on a tear, but pretty much everybody else is batting under 200 yeah. batting under the Mendoza line. And again, without, Teoscar Hernandez and George Springer to help things out. The lineup doesn't look as daunting as it normally or typically would be. So, and if you look at some of the, the underlying numbers here, so the blue Jays are 10th in the American league at OPS. Uh, but again, like I mentioned, best team ERA in the AL, the Rays uh, offensively are eighth in OPS in the AL and 11th in the AL and team ERA with 4.60. Tonight will be a very interesting matchup, though, because because of Matt's being able to limit hard hit contact, which he he's been really impressive this this year. Actually, he's eighty in the eighty sixth percentile in average exit velocity, in eighty fifth percentile in barrel percentage. So, if you want to think of him as a harder throwing Yarbrough, you can. I mean, he's just going to limit hard contact out there from the left side. I want Brandon Lau to wake up. 
But maybe, and I know that he has been heating up in the last seven games or so. I don't know if I want him to face Steven Matz, uh, lefty on lefty. Uh, I think you 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 can rest Brendan Lau uh, tonight. Uh, I'm, that's my opinion. I I don't want to give him, uh, especially at the at, at the top side of the lineup there with with a guy that has been really successful in limiting hard hit contact. I just I just don't see it uh, for Brendan Lau. Hopefully he he, he you know proves me wrong, but I, I would honestly like to see Brasso there today. Yeah, absolutely. Get Brasso some opportunities. And there was a period there where Brasso was playing sort of every day. I think he had played in five straight games there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things with Brandon Lau. We know he's very, very streaky. And especially at the beginning of the season as well, um, you know, looking up some of the metrics on him, his his average Lau anyway, his average exit velocity and barrel rate numbers have dipped while his chase rate and whiff rate have increased. So no bueno on that front. So yes, Steven Matz is a lefty. I assume, I think I know the answer to this, but uh, Joey Wendell, he's playing, right? He's got to play uh, against any lefty, no, oh, against no, ambidextrous. No, I don't care who it is. Like, you know. Uh, if he's not, uh, uh, you know, we, 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 we should write a very strongly worded letter. Uh, Joey Wendell should, should be starting every day. Right now, he is the only all-star that this raised lineup has. The only one. Prove me wrong. Not Randy. I'm sorry. You know I love Ooh. me some Randy right now. But if you need to high. give somebody an, if 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 you need somebody to be the the all star nominee, if you only get one, it has to be Joey Wendell. Yeah, uh, I don't care if it's Randy Johnson on the mound as a lefty. You're you're putting Joey <laughs> yes. Wendell in there to yeah. start as of right now with as hot as he's been doing. Hey, uh, speaking of all stars, maybe Francisco Mejia if Ooh, he like continues this. the track. Yes. He's on pace right now. Anyway. That I like could it. be something to watch out for. So, look, I think the catching position is not is not the the problem right now. I think Zunino has done a, a great job behind the plate, like he usually does. And in the bat, he hasn't been horrible. I mean, he's been Zunino, but he's been better yeah. than Zunino of the past. And maybe that's because this uh, we're in the stretch. Do you watch Shark Week? By the way, uh. I know what Shark Tank is. I'm not sure if I know what Shark Week is. I guess is it like a Discovery Channel thing where they promote sharks and enlighten yeah. everybody about sharks? No, I'm not. Yes, I'm not a big shark guy. I got to be honest with you. Okay, well, me either. But you know, you hear it so often, Shark Week, Shark Week. I think there's something called Zunino Week in okay. every season, where like you know, maybe Zunino Week is like 10 to 14 days where he just goes off. I have an inkling that we're in the middle of Zunino week of the Zunino 14 day where he just hits a couple of bombs every three days. And we're like, Oh my God, is it really happening? And then we get the rest of Zunino and then the numbers will end up being as they've been in the last couple of years, but Hey, take the juice out of the Zunino week. So if he's hot, play him. But I yeah. wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more Mejia because I think he has been a tremendous surprise, both both with the bat and behind the, the plate too. I mean, this guy has been catching how many different pitchers since opening day? With, yeah. with, with that, a, 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 an issue, at least to the eye test, and I'm pretty sure that if you go on StatCast on framing, he's right there with Michael Perez and Mike, and Mike Zunino, which is, right. I, I think, and, uh, pretty sweet. And that might go back to where maybe the Rays had so much confidence and belief in Mejia that they felt okay about basically giving 
Ronaldo Hernandez up for two ho-hum relievers that might not have a lot of right. staying power. Yeah, I'm looking at Mike Zanino's spray chart. Literally every ball he's hit is basically, you know, for, for a base hit or a home run, it's all the way down the left field line. Like it is, <laughs> you, you can't pull the ball any more than he has with that thus yeah. far. So, yeah, and again, maybe Mejia, been in different organizations, maybe a change of scenery is it's more important than, than people think out there. I mean, look at Steven Matz. I, I think really for any player yes. leaving the Mets, it, it's probably a good thing leaving the dysfunction. Right. Like it seems like a lot of guys get better or are really able to settle in after they leave an organization like that. But it's definitely something to watch there. Uh, okay. Tell glass. Now I'm going to say it right now. Um, we see outside of the, the three guys of Bichette, Greedchuck and Vlad Guerrero, a uh, lot, lot of, lot of weakness right now. The rest of that lineup, I'm saying he goes seven. He gets to seven today, especially with the inabilities or the struggles of the bullpen of late. I mean, why not? This, this is the guy that you can trust to go deep. I'd rather have him at 80%, 85% than Hunter Strickland at 100%. I'm, I'm just being honest. I, look, uh, Hunter Strickland at zero pitches or Ryan Thompson at, at, at zero pitches or anybody else, uh, Kittredge, yeah. zero pitches, they're not better than Tyler Glass now at 95 pitches. So if it's 95 pitches and the, the lead is two runs and you got a man on first with one out in the six, you leave him in. You leave, yeah. you leave your ace. He has pitched like an ace. Then let him pitch like an ace. Uh, I, damn, man, I just miss guys going seven innings. I'm, it's, it's you want just, that double hook. I, I think you're, you're really going to bat for the double hook DH thing. To, <laughs> You want that to continue with that. Let's just tell that Tyler Glasnow's hand doesn't cramp up or anything. Whatever the heck yes. was happening in New York, that'd be nice. He was you know, an out-of-body experience or something. Maybe playing too much uh, chess. Maybe that was his issue. <laughs> Joey Wendell actually said he looked like uh, Jim Carrey in Liar Liar trying to do the claw when he had that little yeah. cramp in uh, in New York uh, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, See, uh, I, I wouldn't was, expect awful, that from... So none of that. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that from Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell bringing some comedy. You know, he seems yeah. pretty straight laced, straight edge. Just hey, go about your business. But he's got a couple one liners. I'm one. I'm all for it there. So, okay, yeah. uh, looking for success this weekend. Uh, that'll do it. That'll oh. wrap up. Yeah, go ahead. Before we wrap it up, let's let's remind folks. Join us at the top of the third inning, which has been becoming a tradition here uh, at Locked On Race for locker room download lo- locker room people. It's fun. You get your opinions heard. You, 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 we, we watch the game together at least an inning or two, yeah. depending on, on how slow somebody's pitching. Uh, if it were Helixon, then it would probably be an out or two. But uh, right. <laughs> if, if it isn't, then we can actually uh, see a couple innings together. So join us. Download the Locker Room app. Find Kevin. Find me, me and uh, join the fun. Yeah. Uh, Sunday. Sunday, top of the third so stay tuned for that. Okay, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Remember to check out uh, the Locked On Podcast Network, partnering with Odyssey and all their great, great NFL draft coverage. Definitely recommend you check that out. Uh, in the meantime, hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>